Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Their main thing was just like, is your mate like to be reproductively fit for them was just like, hey, do they have enough energy that they could like work the farm all day? Yeah, exactly. Because you wanted more people to work the farm. Yeah. Damn. Can you imagine like that if you were like on Tinder today and like those were some of the qualifications you're looking for? Like, yeah, I average time spent on farm nine hours and you're like (laughs) hot. (laughs) Nice. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Spera. And I'm Molly Demillier. And we've got another great episode for you guys this week. We are back to the books on this one. Uh, we are doing The Science of Happily Ever After by Ty Tashiro, PhD. I always love when it's a real doctor. We've had some <laughs> books on here by fake doctors. Uh-huh. People who just, you know, use doctor as stage name, which it's brilliant but mm-hmm. it's uh it reminds me a little bit of uh some like elizabeth holmes syndrome yeah you know? a little bit yeah i'm uh listening to the theranos <laughs> podcast right now i'm like i know some of these motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> like, i've met these people before <laughs> yeah. i know can't them. fool me <laughs> yeah the little tagline that says what really matters in the search for true love what do you think really matters in the search for true love erica <laughs> uh well it's like true love or compatibility do you think true love and compatibility are in One modern the same? dating different? Mm, I think always they, they might not necessarily be the same thing. They are hopefully the same thing. But as we can see, it often is not. Yeah. Or like think of just from personal experience. There's been people I've loved, maybe not fully was in love with, but really, really like was like, I'm going to fall in love with this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't work out. But the thing is, even during the time I was like, I know we are not compatible for the long haul. Okay. Oh, so you're talking, okay. You're talking like long-term compatibility. Cause there's times where you like, you click with someone in mm-hmm. the short term. Yeah. But in your gut, you're like, yeah, like 20 years from now, the things that are going to be big, we're not going to have the same views on. Yeah. Or not right? even for me. I'm like, ah, oh, even like this one, this wouldn't even make it a couple of years. Okay. But you're still, still sitting there being like, but I care for this person and I want to be with them. Those are the worst. Yes, those that's what's hard. Worst. Yeah, <laughs> those are the soul crushing ones. Yeah, where you're like, kill you. I, I, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it, but it's going to hurt like a mm-hmm. bitch. Oh, man. So it's like, I mean, are you asking me, do I think true love exists? I mean, I'll say yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I think you truly can love someone. <laughs> if not, we should end this show. <laughs> the show's done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I mean, I think it's just like, you know, it feels cheesy to be like true love, my one true love. It's like being like my soulmate. I'm like, I think there could be numerous soulmates Yeah. and numerous loves. Right. So to say true love, it's like, does that just mean both people actually love each other? Because to me, that's what it feels like it means. I mean, I hope. Yeah. (laughs) God, how much would that suck if your true love is actually the one who doesn't love you back? It's like, no, this is just when you're going to feel the best. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I think, I mean, I guess... I think that's when people say it is when you're like, 
they both love each other so much. That's true love. I feel like that's always when I hear people say. I've never heard that sentence before in my you life. You never have? No. I feel like I've just mm. heard true love of like Disney. Oh. You know? So, yeah, I don't. I've never heard that it's like necessarily reciprocated. I, I, it's implied for okay. sure. So, wait. What do you think about true love and compatibility? Like what really matters? Mm-hmm. Okay. What I found really fascinating was that I think when you think about like human beings in the animal kingdom is that we almost have like two forces working against each other of in our cores we're animals right Mm -hmm. so we have this like need to reproduce and reproduce in a way that is also going to make like our genetic line stronger and be able to survive okay like animals but because we created the social construct of marriage we don't have necessarily like the biological evolution to be able to do that Mm -hmm. like when you think about every other animal in the animal kingdom has a mating ritual it's why like birds have certain colors and like flap their wings and those kind of things in different ways but as human beings because we're developed into these social constructs we don't we're fighting biology basically okay and so i think that fucks up like true love for modern dating because your forces of social like societal demands fight against your biology Mm, okay and the biology hasn't been able to actually evolve in the way that essentially evolution works because evolution makes all parts of a species stronger right so that they can survive Mm -hmm. but we haven't developed those things okay Hmm. So I don't know if I believe in true love. Is that yeah, what I just said? Yeah, I was said? like, that was, that was a very roundabout way. Yeah, I'm not or even almost, high right now. <laughs> or that I, <laughs> I took what you were saying as almost being like, true love is fucking up the biological pairings. Well, I think our search for it, because maybe modern dating, we're told to like search for the things that create true love, right? Mm-hmm. And I also think that by women gaining more power in society we also don't have a need to find a man that is going to give us the money and resources that we need to survive like we don't have to go get married off to a farmer who's going to give his best cow to our dad so that our family can eat for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. and that you know then we can create a reproduce a family with him that can survive but now we look for love and it's like we haven't been able to develop true mating rituals essentially or they've gotten messed up which by the way well, this whole... because i think it's been sorry no i, I think... was just gonna say all the things molly's referencing you're kind of like whoa it's in this chapter that I we're doing it. today yeah, I read okay it in the book. just it is, this is somewhat of a prequel because i was like i was like you know someone just coming in cold to the pod is probably just like wow molly's talking about trading livestock and evolution and i don't i don't know what happened from this bitch the is high as fuck. yeah the last episode was just like how do you dm someone and now we're like, we're like true love's not real because we used to trade women for cows and people needed to eat everyone's like wow okay all right took a turn i was just like we're really giving no context of the lane you just took uh I've, th- I've thought about this a lot, and this book really got me going, okay? Okay. It no, just, no, no. It's interesting. I'm not saying it's not yeah, interesting. It reinforces a lot of my thoughts. Um, Or the thing you were just saying. Have you ever heard of the football player, Ocho Cinco? 
Yeah, I used uh, to call myself Dosuno in basketball. Oh, okay, because <laughs> my number was two one. I put it on the back of my practice jersey oh my one God. day. I got in so much trouble. I had to run so much, and one of the dads was there dropping his kid off. He's like, "That is." the funniest thing i've ever seen but you wrote it on your jersey yeah the practice jersey because oh i was like God. yeah f- fuck this okay. <laughs> i was like don't soon up <laughs> all right that's absolutely hilarious and like you're gonna run until we tell you to stop <laughs> i was like okay that's that's fair okay all right I, I don't know how deep of a fan you are of him though but have you heard his quotes about women he's had children with probably not hey i <laughs> i will definitely have to try to find the tiktok <laughs> post uh he he verbatim is like women i've had babies with it had nothing to do with like my attraction to them yeah i have not heard this it had like or even like as a partner he was like it strictly was athletic women because i want like athletic children oh i've heard of this type of thing happening before like uh my freshman year it was a thing there was a girl on the volleyball team my freshman year of college who was like six foot like four she Mm -hmm. was very very tall and yeah very tall women he would go for yeah and so, all the where fo- you at ocho <laughs> yeah, where you right? at yeah. where you, you want another we got one? A new one for you, you i'm all right i'm right here uh but <laughs> all the bass or football players were like we want to hook up with her and like date her because we'll make olympic babies mm-hmm. i was like but the problem with this plan is that you guys lose by like 60 every week in football okay, and well, yeah. you're like tiny d3 dudes <laughs> it was like you're not making Olympic anything. Uh, but they know? think because they're athletic and strong. But they suck. And mixing. Yeah. Yeah. That's also- why they wouldn't date me is because I was like, but you're not good at football. <laughs> like, you need to be an athlete to make a new athlete oh, in this Oh, buddy, plan. I know. Our football team was bad, too. So bad. I was like, why is anyone even coming to this game? Yeah. Yeah. They're free. <laughs> <laughs> and you can drink in the parking lot. That's right? why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe this this episode is just a message to the dudes of like, you know, you should just date more tall women. Get some athletes. You know, get some yeah. athletes. Yeah. You want to produce athletes? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Even though there really is no guarantee. My dad married a short woman. We all ended up still being tall. So. Yeah. It's a gamble. My dad's tall and he married a short woman and we all ended up short. But I got cousins who are like 6'6", six, six, mm-hmm. which is a real bummer <laughs> because... <laughs> They're great. But the one who's like 6'6 six, six played the drums. And I remember <laughs> my brother being so upset. Hey, you gotta upset. be coordinated for the drums. Yeah, he's like a great drummer. But I remember my brother being like so upset because my brother's like, a go- he's a good 5'9". Mm-hmm. And he's like, I play sports. <laughs> and this is what I get. And he's like, <laughs> you know, you could yeah, you can play the drums at any height. Yeah, man. You can't force it. No, you can't. It depends on personality. It does. Um, all right. So I guess before we get deeper into all this evolution and whatnot in this chapter, uh, <laughs> we are sponsored, everybody. We got sunsetlakecbd.com, and we have a promo code for you, for SGS20, for 20% off. Gift season is coming up. All right? Ooh, yeah. So use our promo code if you're trying to get a gift for somebody, uh, especially maybe, you know, someone you know who's a little uptight and maybe never has tried CBD. It might help them out. Or me, because it's about to be my birthday. Yes, also that. You could just send me some gummies. Yeah, if you want to buy Molly something, she yeah. uses them. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Mouth them down. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's uh, promo code SGS20 for 20% off sunsetlakecbd.com. Come straight from the farm. They have better prices than a lot of other places as it is. Mm-hmm. And we're giving you extra percent off. And when this episode comes out, the 30th, officially the last day for half off of all of their hemp flour. So use the code FLOWERPOWER for 50% off any flower products. Yeah, and you're going to want that. Mm-hmm. They're I like to light those up pretty regularly. They're fun. They're I pretty d- nice. I just like that they come pre-rolled. 
Yeah. Because I've never properly learned how to roll anything. I could teach you. <laughs> <laughs> what is this podcast become? Yeah, I don't know. I can teach you to do we're drugs. Just, we're a mess, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also, if you want to support the pod, another way you could support us is literally supporting us by joining the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot. And we have some juicy updates recently. Next week, yeah. I'm going to be talking about speed dating, which I went to this week. And Molly had a blast from the past visiting her. So yeah, that's uh, that's what we're calling it. Yeah, yeah you want to know, know who that is? You want to figure that stuff out? You got to go sauce it on over to the Patreon. Whole weekend, baby. Mm-hmm. It and was three days of that. <laughs> and uh, we added a new tier, by the way. So if you just want to support the show, you don't have time to listen to us for another hour a week. Hey. I'm not judging. I'll gladly take your money. So come join. <laughs> yeah, for real. And also the conversation. Those chats get pretty mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. That's a, my favorite part of every Tuesday is just watching everybody sauce it on over. And Kenny, when he gets a, yeah. a little mention, and then he's first thing on there. Kenny's the man. He is. Anyway, but uh, yeah, join the Patreon game. Patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot. And uh, for Sunset Lake CBD, it's SGS20. So now on to the chapter. From this book, we're going to do chapter three, Why We Squander Our Wishes. (laughs) Intriguing. Which is a little aggressive, but okay. (laughs) All right. So section of this chapter called The Dawn of Romantic Marriage. The reasons behind this dramatic shift from marrying for survival or economic reasons to marrying for love are somewhat less than intuitive. There were significant changes in life expectancy, reproductive health, and wealth around the time of the Romantic era that were beginning to make it possible to marry for something as luxurious as passionate love. Although this sounds perfectly romantic, the freedom to marry for passionate love has always been more complicated than one might think. So I think this time period is really fascinating because when you think about it, it's also... The romantic area, what is that, like 150, 200 years ago? So the marrying for romance has only been around for 150 years. Yeah. So I kind of also feel like this is in, it's a lot in Western Europe. So it's also as like inbreeding is stopping. Mm -hmm. So it's people are getting more intelligent. Life expectancies are going up. And all of a sudden it's, the romantic era is like a boom in music and culture and just right after the renaissance really Mm -hmm. and they're living longer and they're kind of like yeah we want to fuck but we want to have fun with it instead of being able to just buy stuff Mm -hmm. and survive it's fascinating oh definitely because when you think about the way they taught it to you in social studies it was more of just like yeah the plague was over and you know people were happy about Mm -hmm. it so there was this renaissance and then it's just like this cultural boom it's like no people weren't like totally inbred and fucking their cousins for babies that were dying yeah also i mean this still was around for a long time but your options were super super limited you didn't even know that many people yeah the communities were so small Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot as i was reading the conversation that we had with patrick mcginnis on fomo versus fobo and one of the things we had talked about i think was like uh was it like orthodox jew communities or hasidic jew communities that are typically like there might only be one or two people for you to choose from. Yeah, and it's very arranged. It's yeah. just like, all right, someone's got a kid your age, so there you go. Yeah, because it's like there just aren't that many mm-hmm. generations, mm-hmm. I guess. Definitely. Um, all right, so it says for today, part of modern singles' difficulties with finding enduring love is that the goal of marrying for love emerged so quickly and rather recently without Mother Nature sending out so much as a memo or a tweet to alert anyone to the changed rules. 
This has left modern singles with little guidance about what the rules of the mating game are, which makes it very difficult to play the mating game well. That's what I'm saying about science. Like, do you watch uh, any of those animal shows on Netflix, Our Planet, anything like that? Um, you know me. I'm not a big animal person. Not a big animal per person. Per se. But basically, it's like, okay, I think what this just said is just similar to people being like, oh, man, dating back in the day wasn't this hard. And it's like, because there were strict rules. There were clear, strict rules that, like, pretty much everyone was following. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think it's also in this Mother Nature part, though, is like, it was saying that, yeah, marriage for love evolved about 150 years ago, which when you think about it, that's maybe three generations, mm-hmm. two and a half, really, with life expectancies growing up. So it's like your genes haven't switched to understand that, but marriage has been a concept for almost 5,000 years. Yes. So it's like as animals are developing the way that they mate and like the way that basically like penguins get together and fuck and then when the baby is born the parents like separate right and, mm-hmm. and that's fine everybody knows uh but like we haven't just been able to develop those things so we have these like laws of attraction but as as animals we don't know what to do with them we just kind of freak out mm-hmm. and then we have these hormones just raging and it's like no one knows what to do yeah i mean if you want to really compare to the animal kingdom uh they're just purely mating there's Most no, of them. Yeah, there's, like, what, only two animals ever that are, like, proven to be, like, monogamous? Yeah, and Isn't only... like, penguins and... I penguins, say dolphins. Are, penguins aren't monogamous. Oh, I thought they are. I don't think so. Oh. I think dolphins... There's only, like, two or three other species that definitely have sex for pleasure. Dolphins oh, for pleasure, are, yeah. yeah. But there's, there is a species that does mate for life, and now I'm blanking on which one it is. But it's yeah. only one. There's only one that's like, well, that's just your partner forever. Right. I know it's not octopi because in my octopus <laughs> teacher, when it has the baby, the girl dies, which is, oh, uh-huh. that's a spoiler. I'm sorry. No, but, spo- yeah. yeah, sorry. You guys were looking forward to that rom-com. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we ruined it. Uh, when octopus have babies, they die. How about that? Yeah. Hmm? Real bummer. Okay. Yeah. So it says here, to give you a sense of how recently and abruptly these changes occurred, consider what it would be like to learn one set of rules for 97% of a game only to have the rules suddenly change during the last 3% of the game. For example, what would happen if two football teams played 58 minute minutes uh, with one set of rules, and then the rules changed without their knowledge for the last two minutes? The players would play on, but without a clear sense of the changes to the rules, their efforts would be misguided, and the whole game would begin to look clumsy. So yeah, I feel like that's cl- modern dating. Yeah. Just clumsy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you guys are messy and fucking clumsy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but it's not your fault. <laughs> but it is true of like, okay, all right, let's make an argument about this, okay? The whole just debate of when you should put out in a relationship used to never be a debate. Right. It was just like, yo, that doesn't happen until, for most people, marriage, ring, whatever it was. Yeah. So like, for men, it wasn't like, okay, while we're dating, there wasn't this thing of like, oh, well, I'm going to date this girl. Oh, she hasn't put out by this time, so I'm a bounce. And yeah. date this girl because it's like, well, the next girl also was going to do the same thing. Exactly. So it's like, that's why there's all these authors and shit that are trying to get like hordes of women to like just agree on a number. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> if we could all just agree on a number of dates or some, some type of rule, maybe men would behave better. Maybe. I don't, I don't still think there's a guarantee, but you know, maybe. If we're all just on the same team though, there's a better chance. Right. But it's, I mean, I'm not saying that's what should happen because I'm just like, yeah, you want to have sex? Go have sex. You yeah. Know? 
But it's just like, yeah, it went from like no one's putting out ever, quote unquote. Well, I mean, there definitely were people. Obviously. But they would get like huge like, reputations. Oh, I was gonna say like burned in the streets. Oh yeah, I'm thinking that. way back too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still on this like. <laughs> I don't know. In the medieval times, <laughs> they would get stoned. They would, yeah, exactly. There were like huge consequences, and yeah. it was very like no one is ever going to marry you now was like the threat. Yeah, Hester Prince shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> I'm like trying to make this modern, and you just, you're in the fucking hands me. <laughs> <laughs> what what time period are you thinking like 1980 uh i mean i i guess yeah even 70s is like the free love movement i feel like is yeah. when hooking up but even the 80s it was like 80s it was like people are hooking up but no one's talking about it and we're all pretending like it's not happening well because when did aids come out too that really freaked everybody out didn't that kind of stop free that was love? after the free love movement that's yeah. why yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was like free you're love. gonna get a little something something what a condom like shit yeah <laughs> Like a bag up, like a bag up. <laughs> right. But I've, I mean, I've just personally thought of this of like, if literally every single woman made a pact on something with having sex with men, would it change the male behavior? And I feel like it would, because it would just be like, oh, the old ways aren't working. I think it would to a degree, but I'm, I would take a long time for a man to realize he's got to have a conversation. They would burn through a lot of women. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Man, that would be so fun to just like start a little community <laughs> and do that and like not tell them. Well, that's kind of like what the rules was trying to do back in the day. Right. They were like basically like, don't put out till the ring. Um, and then there was this like, you know, wave of quote rules girls. Right. They would call themselves rules girls. Like it was like, oh, what are you a rules girl? Like when you'd be dating a girl. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> Sherry's listening to this. Like I told you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying now that it's just like. Oh, it's luck of the draw. It's like, yeah, no wonder there is like so much chaos. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, there's a million dating podcasts or a million whatever, dating people, authors, whatever, and it's like everybody's got their own set of rules that they're trying to be like, follow these rules. And it's like, yeah, we all kind of make our own rules now, which I don't think is a bad thing. But it's like, yeah, maybe that's why it takes longer to find someone that like aligns with you. Yeah. And then on top of that, you also have your own cultural and sometimes even like religious views mm -hmm. about how like hooking up would work you know I, I feel like for some people there's like two buckets of like okay like what are the good rules for hooking up and then mm. what are the rules for when I'm actually ready to settle down right I think that's more so for men mm -hmm. and the type of woman that they're looking for so it's like all these forces I think are just working against each other yeah. so hard uh -huh. exactly and nobody's talking about it to their partner mm. too because you know when you are wondering what to do on a date, who do you ask? Your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're not even asking the person. No, no, no. Never ask the person. Because you look nuts. No, that's, the, that's one of the new rules. Yeah. Don't talk to them. No, never. <laughs> Give them red receipts. All right, basically then the next part of the book says that literally mating back in the day was to keep the species alive. Yeah. You needed to just meet your basic needs of yourself. Stay alive. And just make more people. Like, it was considered so successful if you had grandchildren. Yeah, because also most people didn't even live to 35. Mm -hmm. Which, I read that and looking at turning 29, I was like, I would be, like, old. Yeah, we'd be mad old. We'd, yeah. be, we'd be out. Right. We're done. Yeah, I, I also think this is really interesting when you think about, um, like, 
gay men and lesbian women and mm-hmm. they do mention it a little bit in this chapter um but it's also like people who had those feelings they had to be way more suppressed suppressed because also not were they not only societally acceptable but also it's like no you will die (laughs) (laughs) if you're not able to reproduce your line will die out Mm -hmm. which it's just fascinating yeah yeah it says here until mid 1800s life expectancies were typically below 40 years of age and only one in three children lived to see their 15th birthday which is also why they would have a buttload of kids. Yeah. Because it just was like, we don't know which ones are going to make it and we need people to work the farm. Yeah. And well, they would also need like boys too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they would keep just keep girl. going. Yeah. And then, then like early days, it was to like work the farm and do the hard labor. But mm-hmm. then when uh, families got like more developed, it was to carry on the family name because that was such a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has a couple of stats here. Okay. So throughout the 1800s, Roughly 10% of the population in Western European countries died from starvation before eating age, before reaching age 15. And then another 20% of households were chronically undernourished and children born to those families were at risk for developmental disorders. And then there was a 30% chance that your family might starve to death or that your children would suffer enduring developmental problems. Then your motivation in the mating game was simply to find a mate who gave you your family the best chance of surviving. So literally literally the hunger games yeah that also the chart that is next is fascinating to me because it it goes on to talk about like caloric intake yeah and what most would consume like the average person would consume in a day but then their output just to survive because everything they did was hard labor Mm -hmm. and like one of the biggest calorie burners is sex (laughs) (laughs) yeah you want to do it but like it might kill you yeah yeah it literally has like sex and hunting and carrying children yeah it's like the smallest portion of this little calorie craft (laughs) yeah but (laughs) sex is like one of the hardest things that you could do damn that's that's about we take it for granted man yeah and it's basically saying like they just trying to get enough calories to even just live through the day And it literally <laughs> compares it to this paradox is similar to the problem of seeing your gas gauge hit, hit empty while you're driving in the middle of a long stretch of barren and unfamiliar highway. Like your anxiety rises because the next gas station might be two miles away or 50 miles away, but you need more energy to drive more, but driving to get more energy expends energy. Man. And the, yeah. And then when you're low on gas, any mechanical problems with your car uh, has the potential to become a big problem. So same with like, yeah, if you have no energy as it is, you get sick, you might be out for the count. Do you think this is also why more women died in childbirth? Because they just like... Probably. They had no strength. Yeah, probably. That's nuts. Women had it so hard and no <laughs> one talks about it. Because also when you think about getting your period... Uh-huh. And... Well, I've always thought about that. What did they do back then? Before like lady products? You used a rag. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wait, yeah. That's where that expression comes from. On the rag. On the rag. Yeah. You... I literally was like, what did they just sit on a pot all day? No, they put it uh, literally like a rag in their pants, which oh. is nasty. Um... But no, also when you're malnourished, like you can't even get a period. Yeah. So I don't even know how they were reproducing. It's, I mean, it was, that was the whole point. Yeah. meeting someone. Give the girl some meat. <laughs> <laughs> get her bleeding again. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes on to talk about like, there were as few as 25 to 50 people in a group and only a handful of those group would be available as mates at any given time, which is a bit like attending a small rural school and trying to find a homecoming date been there <laughs> never had one no phobo <laughs> and, the, and their main thing was just like 
is your mate like to be reproductively fit for them was just like hey do they have enough energy that they could like work the farm all day yeah exactly because you wanted more people to work the farm yeah damn can you imagine like that if you were like on tinder today and like those were some of the qualifications you're looking for like yeah i average time spent on farm nine hours and you're like (laughs) hot (laughs) nice but they have like no teeth and you don't even care I don't know, man. I wasn't alive back then. I don't yeah. think I would have... My, my line would have died. Oh, yeah. I well, think, you saw I think the I note I died. made in the chart. One of the things yeah. about uh, the, like, feeling uh, good... What was the chart called? Uh Oh, in the levels. The hierarchy of needs. Yeah, hierarchy of needs. Like, yeah. smack dab in the middle is feeling safe at night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Erica's tribe missed this. Yeah, I missed that completely. <laughs> yeah. it, it goes, this is the order. Shelter, water, food. Feel safe at night. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> i feel like your family just like got attacked by a lot of beasts yeah we missed it <laughs> yeah. and then self-esteem loving self-actualization yeah i was yeah. like i still got self-esteem them i'm afraid <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but this was this is probably my favorite line of this whole chapter uh when it talks about how like not only were there less people but it was hard to find a physically reproductively fit person and so it says however every, even thousands of years ago a good man was hard to find <laughs> he's like don't worry ladies it was tough back then too right all right yeah the next thing it talks about is what you were referencing at the beginning about having two couples get married having the parents of young people serve as the equivalent of brokers or agents arranged marital deals and these marital deals daughters hands in marriage were exchanged for property livestock or money from the husband's family one of the primary goals for families was to arrange a situation that increased the amount of resources or the social prominence of the family, which would enhance the likelihood that the grandchildren would be provided for and would possess a lineage that would make them fit to be good mates. Yeah. And I think, uh, like the exchange of livestock or money or land, whatever it was, that's actually where the concept of engagement ring came from. Mm -hmm. And this always pisses me off, but my brother always says to me, he's like, well, Molly, you're, you're a modern woman, right? He's like, you know, do you really believe that you should have something that's so archaic and represent someone trading a cow to dad for your, to own you. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, but they're pretty. <laughs> like, I just want, I, I want an engagement. But ring. I want one. <laughs> yeah. This would, okay, this is going to be my new argument. All right. I just thought of this. Uh, Cause part of this book, uh, the next part, it talks about like level of attractiveness in people mm-hmm. and how people rank it as important. And if, as a woman, if you calculated all the money you had ever spent <laughs> on, hair your appearance makeup like all that stuff yeah that probably equals more than whatever your engagement ring costs probably really if you add all that stuff up that we have paid for or done to our appearance yeah it's more than any man has ever spent let's throw a gym membership in there yeah even Mm -hmm. a gym membership yeah Yeah. or gotta work out look good yeah sneakers yeah yeah shaving we go through oh, razors like crazy because we got to shave our legs. Yep. So that's just another thing. Shave a lot more than our legs, Erica. <laughs> we shave yeah. everything. Or some of us have paid for laser hair removal. Yeah. Okay? Which is also a lot of money. Yeah. Let's put that up there. But no, you're right. And even like, God, I get my nails done every week, mm-hmm. every two weeks. Yeah. But God, it's. But that's it's what I would tell your brother. Okay. I'd be like, you know how much money I've had to spend on looking good to just attract a mate to begin with? to try yeah that's where that's where we get the money back is right. the ring yeah that's where i get my investment back and why don't we stop doing it all 
<laughs> no, but that's the thing. It's like, and then there's pressure on you while you're married to keep doing that. Right. Listen, even Steve Harvey said uh, for bank accounts for marriage that you should have three because no grown person wants to ask another grown person for money. Right. But he said you better make sure the woman's individual account is more than the man's because yeah. it's more maintenance to be a woman. 100%. And I was like, hell yes, Steve. Men own like Tell two him. shirts. <laughs> what's your steve harvey he's got a lot of suits (laughs) (laughs) and they're nice but exactly yeah like every girl i know in a relationship also then is spending money and buying her boyfriend clothes yep so it's like you know what the ring's an investment yeah she's like i gotta get seen with this (laughs) ugly man no idea (laughs) all right okay so it has a little bit of attractability in here it says mates are attractive when they possess physical traits that are indicative of reproductive fitness but psychological traits are also related to potential mates' reproductive fitness. There are hundreds of studies and many theories to explain preferences for mates with certain personalities, abilities, or values. For example, women show a stronger preference than men for potential long-term mates with kind personalities. Although both sexes view kindness as desirable, women who are faced with the burden of pregnancy, childbirth, and childrearing would be more inclined to select kind mates who are more likely to form an emotional interest in their well-being and the well-being of their children. Many more findings abound, including preferences for dominant mates who are more likely to compete well for powerful positions in the social hierarchy, intelligent mates who are more likely to solve survival problems effectively, and conscientious mates who are more likely to exhibit a tireless work ethic. I don't think I've ever met a man who had all of those qualities. Well, it's almost being like, you got to pick one. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What's most important to you? That's tough. I feel like uh, each of these are implying like, this is the sense of security you're going to get. So yeah. you're either going to have security of like, this person's going to be loyal to me and really like care for our children and me in that way and be mm-hmm. loving and supportive, or they're going to, you know, care for us financially. Yeah. And, or they're just like always going to, you know, work hard. Those, the last two kind of go a little hand in hand, but social yeah. hierarchy. Yeah. It's just, Yeah. I don't I know. Feel, I feel like kindness because I think the other things you can lose, like outside factors. True. You can lose your money. You can lose like your social hierarchy and, and mm-hmm. dominance um, and if, with things that are so out of your control. But I feel like kindness, like that person is always going to be there for you and always support you. Um, so I feel like that almost is the one that gives you more control in the relationship. And the life that you inevitably build with this person. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think it also comes from like it depends on who you've dated in the past and what your experiences are. So like yeah. I would say like my of those three things, I'm more worried about finding a partner that would actually be very committal. Yeah. And in all in. Same. So like the other things I'm just like, all right, like yeah, I've like experienced I'm- that or I have it, you know. Yeah. But then I then there's other people I know that like they'll date people for a long time who are very committed Mm -hmm. but like never get their shit together financially Mm. and so then when they're fresh off that relationship now they're like yeah someone i like but also like i'm not gonna worry about like money wise yeah so it's like your your focus always kind of shifts yeah and kind of like the grass is greener Mm kind of thing yeah yeah like i've dated the finance bros i'm like just because they can buy you nice things like you said doesn't mean they're gonna show up exactly and like that's no good yeah that's i mean that's with anybody even if they don't make good money right like you know so and i I think that comes yeah that just comes from what your experience is 
yeah i just wish i would meet a nice boy with deep pockets (laughs) (laughs) that's the dream yeah you gotta you gotta try speed dating (laughs) (laughs) put that on my tinder yeah why not get in there um all right so this is the part that it breaks down physical attractiveness uh so they found physical attractiveness was most important to heterosexual men followed by gay men heterosexual women and least important to lesbian women then that kind of i like that makes sense right yeah that makes sense yeah exactly then high salary was most important to heterosexual women followed by lesbian women and gay men and least important to heterosexual men also makes sense Uh uh-huh so i mean the chart is fun of like i i mentioned this to you earlier but if you ever heard that thing called uh the five dollar man yeah and it's like this little chart and it's like you have five dollars and you you know only can spend five dollars and it basically makes it like certain things are worth three dollars so it's like okay well you can't have that like you can't have makes a lot of money and good looks i think are mm-hmm. two that are three dollars or you can't have they're tall and make a lot of money like right. so it's all these like little characteristics you can pick to build your man and they gave people a budget either of either a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars and then they showed how much they spent in each category interesting and men the attractiveness was way way higher than for the women i think it's fascinating though that men when you say men this truly does mean men and not just heterosexual men yes 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 and when you say women it means women in general so it's like regardless of the your sexuality like you're still looking for the same qualities and that was the part that i found very interesting that's i mean or you can make the argument that's where like quote the biology comes into play that yeah that's exactly what i was just thinking yeah so it's like yeah biologically men it's like i gotta be it's the eyes i gotta you gotta pull my look in yeah yeah I love how every time it ta- this book talks, I don't love it, but like, it's interesting. Every time it talks about childbirth, it's like the deadly task. Yeah. <laughs> you will die. Well, I don't know. It's yeah. deadly. All right. Um, or that just makes me think about uh, Mash Margarita. I had a great quote. She was like, oh, when I had to have an emergency C-section, I wasn't thinking about like how tall my husband is. Yeah. Like, she yeah, was yeah. like, it's the last thing on my mind. Right. Like, get over it. It's right. not important. Like, yeah. <laughs> is he things, here? Yeah. yeah. Worst things can happen. But his height's not going to help. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay. This is very interesting. So the odds are equally good that you will get partners with similar personality, a better personality, or a worse personality than your own. So there's no correlation yeah with what personality type you are like it says extroverts are slightly more likely to end up with someone who is a little more introverted but and that there is a little similarity between partners when it comes to something like levels of kindness but not drastically however when it comes to attractiveness and education level the degree of similarity is much stronger with pretty people ending up with pretty partners and highly educated people ending up with highly educated partners that makes sense to me because I think that is also a little bit more where social stru- constructs come into play. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because you always hear about the people who aren't on the same attractive level. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a social thing and people know it. They feel it. Yep. And even in friend groups, I feel like levels of attractiveness sort of bring each other like. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, and then as far as education level. Yeah, you can't. People can spot the dumbest person in the room. Mm. You know, like if you walk into like a Harvard party, <laughs> I, like that is my nightmare. Like I used to date a guy who went to Cornell. I felt like the dumbest person in the world. Really? Yeah. I was like, ah, yeah, I can't. I can't kick it. And I felt like people knew it. Like, I don't know. It was mm. it was a divide. 
I mean, I would say they both also kind of go hand in hand with being successful. Like the more attractive you are, the more likely you are to have a higher paying job. Yeah. And then you could make the argument. It also might go for education level. So yeah, like I think those two also kind of go hand in hand a little, little bit. bit of like, oh, makes sense. But yeah. And it, cause there's a lot of things also that money can do for appearance, like not even plastic surgery wise, mm-hmm. but also in just the way you're able to present yourself. Yes. Right. And like the way you're able to dress yourself and the trends that you're up on is also like mm-hmm. education level. So it's, it all does, I think, amount to social class. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen so many glow ups of men and women. Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. Jeff Bezos. It's just like, <laughs> he but, didn't get hot. <laughs> yeah. But even just like, um, shit, even if you watch a reality show, the first season, oh, the next yeah. season, everybody comes back, everybody looks better. But also has had, like, work done. So it's both. Like, we're paying to get stuff done, and we also all just got personal trainers and have stylists now. So it's like everyone's appearance has opt because you're like, well, now it's I have the money, and now it's also my job. Right. Like, it's just always crazy to me. Um, As far as attraction, though, this book doesn't touch on it, but have you ever heard the theory that when people who look similarly date, it's a sign of narcissism? Oh, I have heard this. Mm -hmm, Because it's like, if you... Like, say I get a boyfriend, you're like, you guys kind of look alike. It means that I find myself attractive and then mm. that man finds himself attractive and that's why we find each other attractive. True, but you know, you also could say... What? Is that you are drawn to people that are similar to your own family or your parents. That's true. So you could that's also, true. like, you could say... You could say, a handful of guys I've dated, you could say, quote, look similar to my dad in a way. Of my dad is tall, has yeah. dark hair, nice teeth. Yeah. A little bit of an olive skin tone. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I date a guy that has those traits, even if he like literally looking at his face doesn't look like my dad. Right. It's still this like, oh, it's kind of like a familiarity thing. Yeah. Of like, this is what I'm comfortable around. Yeah. I think that is more familiarity. Okay. But have you ever seen ones that you're like, are you brother and sister or are you <laughs> doing the dirty? I mean, I got a theory of like, I think a lot of couples start to look alike. What? <laughs> like, I think most the couples like that have been married a while, like you look at them and they look like the same now. But when they first were dating, they don't look as similar. That's weird. That's and another do, theory. Do you think it's like the style, their style? Uh, it's like both. I, I don't know. Just like even facially. I don't know. Yeah. What about my parents? You think they look alike? A little bit. Really? But not like what? a ton, but a little that blows my mind that blows my a little i don't know i'm not saying they're like narcissistic no but but a little bit interesting a little bit i can see it but it's also like they're both two irish people yes they are so you know like so you know it's like my parents are two italians so it's like uh, you know like yeah i see it more with your parents and you would probably have the same reaction but i would i started noticing that i would look at all my friends parents like when i was around them and a lot of them might be like oh these two they look like they could be brother and sister yeah, that's so weird. But when you look at a picture like when they were young and met, they didn't look as much alike. Okay. So I don't know. That's just that's a separate theory. Do I'm you like, think old people just start to look alike in general? Maybe. Maybe it's that's like the wrinkles. <laughs> yeah, especially once women cut that hair short. If you got yeah. two just white puffs of hair sitting next <laughs> yeah. to each other, you know, it's kind of you know they're similar. <laughs> yeah, like two Q-tips. <laughs> or sometimes when everyone's kids are right next to them, you feel like everybody looks the yeah, same. Yeah, because you're like that's it's a like, family. It's yeah, all kind of blended it's a in. Combo. Okay um okay so it, it breaks down 
short-term mating situations versus long-term mating Mm. uh, strategies. So physical attractiveness is emphasized more strongly when people are asked about traits they would desire in a short-term partner versus a long-term partner. Whereas traits like kindness, kindness or conscientiousness are rated as most important for long-term partners. However, there again might be a distinction between what people say they would prefer to do and what they actually end up doing when choosing a long-term mate. <laughs> yeah. I like that part. It's like, well, this is what everyone's saying, but you know, we can't prove it. Yeah. I mean, I think that nails it pretty hard. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because it's like, yeah, I'm not just going to hook up with someone ugly. Mm. Like, what's the point? <laughs> like, Yeah, or it's like, uh, this sounds rude, but like with online dating or even like say a person in a bar that you meet, like dudes that are trying to fuck right away. There's been times where I've almost, I've wanted to just be like, yo man, straight up, you're not hot enough for me to just fuck you. Right. Like, and that's, it sounds mean, but it's the truth. It's just like, nah, dude, you were someone I debated even matching with. Yeah. And you're coming in hot on the hookup. I'm like, oh, no, sir. Yeah, but like, have you ever been out and had someone's personality really suck and you're just like, but you're so hot that for tonight, I don't care. Yeah. You know? If their personality is really awful, (laughs) I don't know if I've ever slept with one that I liked the personality was off. I've definitely made out with one because then that also was like, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Stop. It's a great stop talking move. Stop like talking. you're pretty and you're ruining it. Yeah. You're <laughs> ruining this moment. <laughs> yeah. Just stop. And then they're like, that was so hot when you grabbed me. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. That's my inner monologue. Shut up, dude. No one wants to hear you speak. <laughs> but do you think, with what people are looking for in short-term versus long-term partners, those differences, do you think the concept of online dating makes that harder to find the long-term partner? Because you don't know things like kindness and conscientiousness and empathy, like the things that people value more. Um, You're judging on a photo, which is level of attraction. I don't think so because also like even if you met someone out, unless you knew this person ahead of time, you don't know that. That's true. So I think in both cases, like it's just after a certain amount of time, the like prettiness and attractiveness to someone fades and you're like, okay, what's really here? And that's essentially what makes your relationship last a few months versus years, in my opinion. Because I've had that where you're like, this person's great and you have that like, you know, I don't want to say spark, but you have that like excitement and it's new and you're getting to know them and it's, and you just like, you're so excited to be with them all the time. And then suddenly like that starts to fade and you're like, oh, suddenly you're looking at the long-term qualities and then you're like, ah, this isn't the person for me. Yeah, I get that. And like, I, I agree with it to an extent, but I think like there's definitely people that I've met in person that I would not have swiped on that dating app. Oh, that's a different, Yeah. You know, so it's like I never would have met this person, but just sort of life happened and we got in a conversation. And that's when I was like, oh, wait, I am actually attracted to you because of these things. Mm, Okay. And I think it's so much harder to get to that level Mm -hmm. on a dating app because the first thing that is punching you in the face is a level of attractiveness. Sure. And I think it would depend. It might depend a little on the app because like there have been guys on hinge that I didn't re- like, wasn't super attracted to their photos, mm-hmm. but their answers were great. Okay. And the answers made me be like, Oh, this guy seems great. Mm, so I should read more, which, yeah, but it, but it's hard to have answers that really give you that feeling. Yeah. Cause everybody has the same one. A lot of, yeah. Because a lot of they're the do. same questions. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. that's like when there's one that's like really stands out, you're kind of like, oh, who's this? Like right. it, at least it piques my interest more. Where I'm like, oh, right. okay, this guy's like unique, or it's almost just like you're like, oh, you got a personality. Yeah, you're like, trying. I can feel it a little bit. Yeah. Whereas like other people, you look at their profiles, you're like, oh, your entire personality is working out, and I'm I'm already tired. Or the <laughs> fact that you work in tech. <laughs> yeah, something. Um, yeah, so yeah, you could debate. Maybe yeah, you would miss a potentially great mate. I mean. It's another matchmaker mirror quote she says all the time. I wouldn't have swiped right on my husband. Yeah. That can't make him feel great. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I understand you got to, you know, build your business and that's what you believe. But I, I do feel bad every time I hear that. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> I'm like, man, that was my husband. I'd be like, stop telling people that. Yeah. Just say my wife's fucking great. How about yeah, that? Right. <laughs> okay. So the last thing in this chapter is about basically like investing into relationships. So... It's like we narrow down the field of potential mates based on physical attractiveness. Then from that smaller pool, you find someone who there's mutual attraction. You go on dates, go on a few more. And before you know it, you invested large amounts of time, effort, and emotional energy. And as the relationship train picks up and travels farther from its origin, it becomes harder to jump off of it. Sure does. Uh-huh. Sure does. So then it asks you... Yet, how many people do you know who have stayed in unhealthy relationships based on a fear of sunk cost? I mean, that's just women turning 30. That's that's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, well, I can't start over now, mm. so let's do it. Mm. Don't start over. You're going to want to press play at 30 rather than 45 and divorced. Yeah. But I'm, I was just going to say, I know plenty of people that are married that that same thing kind of happened where both of them just were like i mean we're here we're gonna get off the train now like we have kids we have this we have that like or who am i gonna meet like especially if you live in a town where you're like everyone's married here like yeah where am i gonna go oh that's one of my biggest fears you just like wake up one day and you're like oh my life just kind of kept going went going and i just didn't get off when i should have like settled down or you were with a person and didn't get out. Yeah, like I should have gotten out, but it was like, okay. well, basically there wasn't a reason not to, but like there wasn't necessarily a reason to keep going. And I saw that there mm. were no signs to jump as reason to stay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is like, it's okay not necessarily to have a reason to go because mm-hmm. sometimes things are just not right. And... Like you can, you can jump ship because you're looking for something more. Yeah. I mean, I think there's two versions of this. This is, there's the, you are with someone and you didn't jump ship. Yeah. And then whatever amount of time goes by and you're like, and it eventually ends and you're like, I should have jumped ship that other time when I had that gut feeling. But then I was like, there's also this other one that I feel like is more what I've felt lately, but it also is probably because I haven't had like a long-term partner uh or dated someone really more than like four months of like kind of being on the single train Mm. and you're almost kind of like all right like should i like you basically are not going to know the answer to should i have settled or tried to settle sooner because i don't know i don't know where the train's going yet i mean settled with someone you dated or tried to take oh first date further or both kind of yeah both like actively trying to date more mm. like focus less on i mean that's the sad part about being a woman like if you want to have kids there's a little bit of this like what's the window of that 
Mm-hmm. You're, you're never really going to fully know your window per se. Right. So it kind of is like, all right, if you're suddenly say 35, 36 and you're like, okay, still haven't really dated anyone. And then you feel like you're really diving into like, I'm really going to be active on the apps or I'm really going to mm-hmm. go to as many whatever events I can and blah, blah, blah. Like then you might be sitting there going, I should have been doing this five years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, your dating pool is definitely going to be smaller. I mean, it always gets smaller. Right. So that's always I mean, you might kind of get those round two guys, but mm-hmm. then you're dealing with, you know, stepmom territory. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not trying to freak anybody out saying that, but it's, right. I think that's something that a lot of women and I've thought about of just like your focuses, your career, whatever it is. And then you're like, okay, but if, what about that other thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Like, it's like how much time and energy should I be putting into the other thing? Yeah. Like, it's almost like, uh, all right, this is an interesting question. All right. You know how there's that hypothetical that's like, there's the date, uh, that you die on a piece of paper in an envelope. Do you open the envelope and look? Right. And no, I would not. Right. Okay. So what if there was like a date and time of, let's say when you got married, Mm. would you open and look? I don't know. I would totally look. Yeah. Yeah. What if it said, what if it was just an empty piece of paper? Just a blank sheet. You're like, this is not how the game is played. Well, no, but well, then, then it's basically like, are you going to try to change the outcome or are you just going to accept the outcome mm-hmm. and then live your life? Well, but that's, I think that's a daunting question. Like people want to know the answer to, and then don't want to know the answer to, but I would like yeah. to know. Yeah. I don't know. I, Cause I do think that. I don't know, put it in more realistic terms. It's a little bit of like figuring out the gender of your baby before you have it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's very few surprises in life. Yeah. And so it is kind of nice when it does eventually come along. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you do have to put in the effort to make it happen. Like you're not yeah. just going to have a baby. You know, you're going to have to like build that, put the things in place to have it. And yeah. then you get the surprise. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the same with dating is you have to do the little things to make it happen. Yeah. Well, I guess it's like there's joy in not knowing, but then there is also joy in knowing. Because if you've had the feeling of, will it ever happen for me? If you look and there's a date, you're just like, oh, it does happen for me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whether the date's like, you know, marriage isn't your goal, the date could just be, when am I going to meet my person? Right. So then it's being like, oh, you will meet, quote, your person. So whatever, you know, your dream relationship is, you you find that yeah i just think there's so many other factors though that could make it really sad like what if what if it is 20 to 30 years from now and you're like oh wow like my parents might not be alive i won't be able to have potentially kids with this person it's like well marriage doesn't have to really follow the order of operations that it did once Mm -hmm. you know you might date a person get pregnant and then get married down the line it's like it doesn't necessarily need to be a roadmap for your life there's a lot of things that come into play but i think that mentally it could spiral you in a way that might not be positive because there's so many other factors oh for sure but then i mean I feel like this is your anxiety at play, which is very interesting to hear because I didn't have any of those thoughts <laughs> at all. Well, I also have a different timeline of my parents are older. So when I turned 30, True. my mom turned 70. So like that is a thought for me of like, right. are they going to be at my wedding day? And if I look at a piece of paper and it's 
10 years from it's when i'm 40 mm -hmm. I'm like at 80 is she gonna be there Pro i don't know right yeah for me it's grandparents right yeah that yeah that that ship left when i was five yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i just well, didn't get to go to disney anymore yeah, but <laughs> yeah. i mean there's just so many levels because then i could be like all right well the point is you're gonna meet your person then that also might make you go oh i really wanted like if you're someone that really wanted to have your own children mm-hmm then you would might be like, oh, okay, I am going to eventually meet that person. But um, since it is so far later and I want a child that is mine, I'm going to have a kid by myself. Right. But what I'm saying is that doesn't mean like just because a wedding date is further doesn't necessarily mean that that's when you find your person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. I totally get that. I'm just saying like specifically around kids, it kind of makes it like, oh, you, you are going to have a person right so it's kind of like i don't know i don't know i yeah i mean yeah it might make you like live your life a little differently yeah but that's i mean same with the if you looked at the date when you died like i was like yeah if it was sometime soon i would i wouldn't be concerned about saving money <laughs> like, yeah, right i'd be like no I'm, a, I'm truly gonna live it up i know these are my last years you know situation right. so i don't know i'm just i find it interesting i would want to know i'm a, i would rather, rather know a person I'd, I'd be too tempted i think i would just be really frustrated after i looked like really? when i cheated on the test see i would feel like more accepting of my fate like mm -hmm. i feel like i would feel calm i would be like okay either like of it is gonna happen or it's not if it said if it said no date i would be sad but then i feel like like with anything that you kind of grieve like there comes an acceptance moment you're just like oh, okay yeah that's not that that's not in my future did you meet a genie in the elevator who no, gave you pieces of paper? Like, you are so adamant. You're like, do you want it? Will you open it, Molly? I don't Will know. Will you open the paper? I'm curious. Oh I would be too tempted. I would be way too tempted. No, I wouldn't do it, man. No? No. I'd, I'd look. I can't help it. I would look. I would look. I would want to know. I wouldn't tell anyone, though. I would keep it to myself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, I might, I might have crushed my own hope, but I'm not going to crush other people's hope. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> or maybe i would i'd be like you know what mom it's gonna happen all right it's just in 20 years so how about you chill out yeah how about you wait all right <laughs> give me 15 before yeah. we start this conversation yeah. again you can eat that cookie my wedding's not coming up anytime soon. <laughs> it's fine have the cookie <laughs> <laughs> um all right well all in all this book i, I think, think we'll come back to it yeah. oh there i mean it's dense it's got a lot of stuff i like oh, yeah. the stats in it personally same uh little, that, little charts yeah but i want to i want to make you build the five dollar man i want to show you the thing i make you do it i've seen the thing i know but i'm curious what you would say yeah we should okay. do that that might be a fun maybe we'll do that on patreon yeah uh so yeah patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot you want some extra episodes or to support the show and you can follow us at shooters gotta shoot pod on instagram and I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the Guaca underscore Molly. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.